Hi there, welcome to Mages and Murder Dads. I'm Cameron. I'm Danny. And uh, we're still going. We are. This is the fourth episode. And we are still probably the only podcast dedicated to the Baldur's Gate franchise and playing through the Baldur's Gate franchise. Still haven't Googled it. No, I'm never going to Google that, and we're going to say this at the beginning of every episode. What if episode 28, you you Google it finally? I don't know. I think the very fact that we have gotten to episode whatever, like in the mid-20s, mm-hmm. I think at the point where we've done that, we've shown that we have such self-restraint that Googling is an impossibility, right? Because we are uh, out in the streets every day uh, dodging the drone troops <laughs> in Donald Trump's America. In Donald Trump's America. Look, I, I think there are a lot of varieties of self-restraint. Some of them are real life, like dodging dodging drone uh, morality police. Some are in-game, like continuing to play isometric <laughs> computer know, RPGs ter- from the late know, 90s computer CRPGs from the late 90s and on up who knows how far we will get I know. know the late 2020s by, by the time, the time we, get we get to Pillars of Eternity Pillars of Eternity 4 will already be out so I'm so excited about that <laughs> um, so a couple things here up top if you haven't watched the show before you should probably or listen to the show before it's really more of a listening experience because the things that you're seeing on the screen aren't really related to what we're talking about. They might be related if I have video that kind of shows the thing we're talking about, but don't be dependent on that. Uh, So that's the first thing at the top. Number two, if you like the show, if you like the things that happen after this weird little thing here at the top, be sure to spread it around. Uh, You know, subscribe to it on YouTube. Put a little like on the video. Uh, Force your friends and family to enjoy the things you enjoy. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. And, uh, of course, uh, follow and uh, support this show on Patreon. There's a little link on it. It'll, uh, it helps us cover costs and talk about Baldur's Gate better. Oh, man. It's always better with money, right? I mean, 100%. I also like that you included the caveat of the content after this intro. So please don't judge us based on the last, you know, 30 seconds. Uh, or, or do. If or you two. like it, if you, you know. really like plugs, if yes. you like if you like plugs, look, that was the shortest little baby plug in human history, and I just feel like it's important to get it out of the way right here at the very top. So it, it's finished. Last week, two weeks ago, mm. when we recorded this last, you said you wanted to have some quote unquote alignment chat. I did, but I do need to address the fact that this is a bi monthly or a bi weekly. Uh, podcast yeah so two weeks ago because i looked it up in the dictionary after you said Mm bi-weekly last time Mm -hmm. and that term literally means nothing it means both things right it means both things it could mean two times a month it could also mean eight times a month so Uh let's 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 just address this to our audience this does not happen eight times a month it doesn't they know that okay I'm I glad. mean, I appreciate I appreciate the the dictionary uh, the going to it, mm-hmm. but they know they know by now. Hopefully, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, we're going to have an alignment chat because if you didn't know, these games are inextricably linked to the legacy of the pen and paper game Dungeons and Dragons. Is this game, like most of its rules, are lifted from Dungeons and Dragons? I think second edition, is that correct? Uh, yeah. A, yeah, like 2.5, I think, is the rule set. Yeah. Is what right, it kind of gets referred to. Right before we rolled into third edition. Yeah. Um, and alignment is this system, is this axis that uh, helps describe your character in kind of like non-mechanical terms, but still pseudo-mechanical terms. There's a lot of statistics in these games about how strong you are, how smart you are, etc., right? But there's this other system built into the game that describes kind of a... I want to say morality, but it's more than that. It's how your character relates to other characters in the world. It's the sociological aspect of your character. Yes. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I'm letting you continue with, okay. your, with your monologue about alignment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought we wanted to be a dialogue, but yes. Yeah, so... oh, I, I, yeah, I'll wait till there's an appropriate time for me to... To jump Understood. in on alignment here. So, for example, when we've we've talked a little about a little bit about this, Balthazar is chaotic neutral, and that's a that's a two part alignment. The first part is a word that describes your uh, your place relative to the ideals of law and order, like axiomatic um, versus you know chaos versus disorder. So you could be lawful, and that means you you follow the letter of the law, irrespective of whether it's good or bad. So you just forget about good and evil right now. And the other side is chaotic. You you know you chafe at any kind of order or restrictions on your life. So Balthazar's or you just chafe, or you just chafe, or you just you know did not pack enough salve. Mm-hmm. Um, you need, you need salve. You need powder, especially if you've got wooden uh, wooden britches like that. As ascetic told us. Um, last time but anyway the other part is uh is kind of your your position when it comes to altruism versus selfishness right so you've got good which means you are a selfless righteous type of person that's out for justice you're you're really into that um and then you have uh evil which means you are selfish and you don't care about other people. And kind of sometimes you even, you know, tend towards not just being selfish, but just outright sadistic, like you enjoy hurting or harming other people. And on that uh, ranking, I think Balthazar is neutral, which means he's somewhere in between the two. And the the combination of those two, the axiomatic disorder versus good and evil, that gives you an idea of who you are as a person. So there are nine different combinations, like all in told, and it's kind of an interesting way D&D um, operates to kind of give you a sociological like description of what your character is. But it certainly has restrictions. Yeah, and it also historically in D&D was a, I guess it can continue to be like a real rubbing point between characters. Mm-hmm. So if you are a, uh, you know, multiple characters in a party or, uh, I mean, I guess that's the only way you can play the game. Um, if you have one person who's chaotic evil and everybody else is lawful good or, uh, you know, chaotic neutral or whatever, uh, that one person's not going to fit in. 
because they're probably a jerk. And so it creates some real sociological problems, too. Yeah, I would say that basically opposite ends of the alignment, you're going to have the complete opposite reaction to problems that the party faces. So in a real-life game of Dungeons & Dragons, um, you can't really have those kind of opposites in a party because you're going to have people that want to respond completely different to problems, and because it's a cooperative game, kind of the game will break down. Mm -hmm. And this game kind of recreates that because you'll have party members begin to complain if their alignment is too far away from the alignment of the party or the alignment of the choices you're making. Yeah, and, they, uh, some of these characters are real jerk faces about it. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll, like, more than one character in this game would just leave if they if they face this kind of issue. They, um, I had one character earlier in the play session we were doing who, and I'll talk about this uh, uh, at length at some point, but uh, I was doing a very bad thing. What I, What the game ended up telling me was a bad thing. And Khalid was just like, Gorion sure would love your behavior. Gorion would think you're great. When when Gorion would not have thought that because I was doing an objectively evil thing. But because my alignment matched and because my reputation was good enough, kind of matched with the the alignment that uh, Khalid was, he was like, you're doing a great job. Oh, so a little bit of glitchiness there, right? I don't know if it's glitchiness, but but the difference... So you kind of described the uh, alignment system proper, but Baldur's Gate gives us the reputation system with that Mm. as well, where higher reputation correlates to good and lawful, and lower reputation correlates to evil and chaotic. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that makes for some really weird spots, I think. Yeah, it doesn't map one-to-one, and the game's reputation system kind of just assumes that uh, a lawful good paladin is going to be beloved by the average citizen, because reputation is kind of an extrapolation of what do the what does the average person in the world, what have they heard about you? Mm-hmm. And based on what they've heard about you, how would they react to you? And the game assumes that every commoner is just basically a lawful good person. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, unless they're evil, right? Sure. Like, and those are, and they are, they're moral or all those other characters that that have stepped to uh, our respective characters and been murdered for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. Other than they step to you, but all right. Well, why, is that the reason you wanted to have alignment chat, just to kind of lay out the system? Well, I mean, we need to. I feel like it was good to lay out the system, but I also think that it's an interesting thing to talk about in terms of kind of the inherent weaknesses of the system, with regards to. And our, I think one of the things we talked about uh, last time, it may have been off the air, just as we finished, but. The idea of, of like characters like the chaotic neutral and how people both in D&D that in, in kind of real life games, how people play alignments like chaotic neutral or true neutral, like the neutral neutral alignment mm-hmm. um, and what the ideas behind those alignments are versus kind of the actual practice of what those alignments look like. Mm hmm. Um, I think a good example being there's uh, which document is it that kind of refers to each alignment as like a a Shakespeare character or Mm. some literary figure. The second edition Dungeon Master's Guide. 
mm, is the one I think that describes everything. That's the one that describes a true neutral person as a mercenary who, if you give them money, will just turn completely in the middle of a battle. Interesting, because yeah. I've also seen third edition descriptions that talk about true neutral, because druids have to be true neutral mm-hmm. um, in D&D. And, they, and the idea of true neutral being, it's an active, not a passive neutrality. Well, before uh, fifth edition. Fifth edition, uh, it's basically thrown out the window. No one cares anymore. Oh, it's This is abandoned. an apocryphal. It's not abandoned, but they get, I don't think, uh, like uh, some of the neutrals don't exist anymore. So you can just be like chaotic. There's no such thing as chaotic neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think true neutral is just neutral now. That's really interesting. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a good idea for us to sprinkle some D and isms throughout this podcast because this entire system is so dependent on these ideas. Yeah, hundred percent. And and you know maybe sometime around episode ten we can finally get around to describing the way combat works. No, I think we're good. Okay, I think I think they'll all uh, they'll all figure that out. Hopefully, I, you know what? I still don't really. I've played this game many times. I still really don't know how combat works. So, it took me two three playthroughs to figure out that negative armor class was good. Oh yeah, that's oh man, that's <laughs> that that Thaco system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that good stuff. All right, well, tune we'll, in for episode ten. Yeah, it'll be on episode ten. <laughs> uh, we've already we've pre-recorded all the way up to episode ten. We've gone back here to do episode four. Mm-hmm. To do the fill-in. Mm-hmm. All right, so in the story of Baldur's Gate, last last episode of this podcast, we went through the Nashkel Mines. The episode before that, we did some side quest content. And before that, we went to the Friendly Arm Inn, and uh, we were kicked out of Candlekeep. I kind of mm-hmm. like just traced backward through the timeline. Uh, you did. Maybe I should have done it forwards. But uh, we, we kind of talked about this episode and uh, what we wanted to do, and we had the option to push all the way through this next chapter or do a little bit of side quest content again, because like we've said in basically every episode of this game, or of this podcast, um, most of this game is side quest content. Mm-hmm. Like that's 70% of what you're going to be doing. So today what we're going to do is kind of like two episodes ago, we're going to talk about these weird little stories that just kind of pop up in the wilderness of the Sword Coast, and uh, we're going to talk about how our characters dealt with that. So if you remember the end of the last episode, Danny had the legendary Danny's problem. Yeah, that problem can't happen again. It's literally impossible. So explain Danny's problem in 10 seconds. Danny's big problem, party members leave because they're upset. Solution to that problem, never have party members. Restart the game, play the game just with Balthazar. Yeah, yeah, and that's working out. That's working out just great. Balthazar is level, uh, I think at the end of this playthrough, he's still level 6 because it requires like tens of thousands of experience to get to 7. That's amazing. So what we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be going to find this guy named Transig in Baragost mm-hmm. and use him to find this dude named Tezok. But I didn't do that. Mm. I went, tried to go back into Nashkel. And I wanted to go to the inn so I could rest and get all my spells back before doing other stuff. And I had to fight this dude named Nimble. Did you have to fight Nimble? 
I believe so. Yeah, he was. Uh, this person, Nimble, was in front of. If he was in front of the inn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, a little mage, right? Uh, yeah, I think like a mage thief or a mage fighter thief mage, or a mage fighter. Like yeah. yeah, something like that. How'd that go for you? I, you know, I just smoked him. <laughs> Did you smoke him from the earth? Yeah, more or less. Well, let me tell you. Uh, this <laughs> this was a real encounter for me. Like, this is a real... So, A, it was a real bummer running into him because I had no spells. Mm. I had none of that stuff. You didn't rest before going to Nashville because you anticipated resting in Nashville. Yeah, who who the hell thinks you're going to go do this massive story thing and then get just demolished by a guy standing in front of the inn? Yeah. In, in the next five seconds. You have worked your way into the bowels of kind of this hellish... Hellish Nashkel mine, and there was a half orc cleric down there summoning skeletons and kobolds. And I killed all of them. And you you killed all of them, and you you returned triumphantly, only to be, only to just get get wicked slammed by this uh, fellow outside the inn. Well, yeah. that's rough. Yeah, wicked slammed. <laughs> so uh, that that is the best way to put it. So yeah. So eventually, what I had to do. Is I ran back to, I like, you know, fought him a couple times. It didn't work out. I reload the game. I run to the Temple of Helm. And I used, I spent money to heal all of my people. <laughs> and then ran back to him and then fought him. And it was going really poorly. So I ran into the Nashkel store. And the guards outside fought him. And then he killed some guards. And I went back outside to fight him. And it didn't work. He killed me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. One time I tried to do that. So I run back into the store to see if the guards will fight him. Nope. He just follows me in, confuses my entire party, and then kills them one by one with magic missile. <laughs> I mean, d- why didn't you just like, I know that you, you like left to go to the Temple mm-hmm. of Helm mm-hmm. to get cured. Mm-hmm. Why didn't, why not just leave the zone heal and like camp in the wilderness mm-hmm. get to full health and then go back mm-hmm. i because that's uh that's demeaning mm. i would never no i just didn't i thought i could do it anyway what eventually happened is kivon just rolled up on him and hit him so hard he exploded mm. in like two shots it was amazing kivon is would you say kivon's the strongest member of your party uh he has like an 1898 18 slash 98 strength. Damn. He's just naturally a very strong man. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think stat-wise across the board, he's not the most powerful. But if we use the word strong, Mm. he whips like a thousand asses an hour. And the amount of damage that that character can do with the bow, especially if you're able to secure some some enchanted arrows, it's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right, so I did that. That Fun. wasn't a problem for you. No. But you went to the carnival. I did. What a what a fucking sham. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, well, um, uh, strong carnival feelings here <laughs> on Mages and Murder Dads, but uh, what, what happened at the carnival? I feel like the carnival is really just beautifully accurate in the way that it portrays this kind of cliche turn-of-the-century carnival, which is just a bunch of people basically just trying to separate you from your money, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, the carnival is basically just a little piece of wilderness with, with you know, half a dozen or so tents in the middle and a few characters milling about. Um, there's some interesting stuff there. And I think that there was, I, I can't remember, the name started with an O, but there was an exploding ogre. Oopa. Oopa, the exploding ogre. Oopa. Tell us about Oopa, the exploding ogre. Uh, he doesn't like exploding. The ogre doesn't? Yeah, so there's this mage who's standing there. <laughs> and this mage is like, hey, you ever seen an exploding ogre before? And my dude's like, no, I want to see it. So he brings him out. And the ogre's hanging out there, and it just blows up into a million, like, chunks. Hmm. Chunks of ogre. And then I talk to the guy again, and he summons the ogre again, and the ogre explodes. Hmm. And he does it a third time, and the ogre gets really angry and begins just slaying people left and right. Oh, man, I didn't stay around for the third time. Yeah, you gotta keep going. And so I had to I had to put him down. I had to oh, kill the man. ogre. Yeah. Oh, man. It's pretty rad. But, uh, what's, uh... I don't... Did something happen to you? Did something bad happen to you? Well, I went into a tent, and a fellow just walks up to me and steals a hundred of my gold, and then walks out of the tent. And he basically, he he initiates dialogue, and he says, you got got, punk? Yeah. He's like, basically, basically, it's like Ashton Kutcher walks up to you in real life, but instead of an elaborate, like, prank, it's just stealing from you. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, if so Jamie, of, what if it were well, Jamie Kennedy? Would that be okay? I think that it's like Ashton Kutcher, but instead of... Whereas Ashton Kutcher normally just steals your time, he's actually stealing your money. Uh. Right? So that it just makes it so much worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and walks out of the tent. I walk out of the tent. That guy's gone. Yeah. Just not there anymore. Yeah. Um, I walk to another tent talk to a fellow he's like hey i got some uh, potions for sale and they'll make you real real strong i'm all about being real strong i'm balthazar mm-hmm. i say yeah I'll, I'll do me up 50 gold sure he's like i got another potion it'll make you it'll make you real smart wicked smart mm-hmm. i'm so, g- give uh, give me one of those too give him 50 gold and then i uh then i drink the strength potion and my strength does go up to 25, but, like, three other stats go to one. Oh. And so I'm like, okay, well, at least this could just be a little quest, so maybe I'll get some kind of vengeance in this quest, or he'll, maybe I'll have some. No, I just go up to him, I talk to him. He says, no refunds. Dang. So then I guess, I, so now I, I just reload. Like, I don't want to have all these stats at one. Mm-hmm. It occurs to me that maybe I just need to walk around for a long enough time, um, and maybe a quest will trigger. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, but I, I just feel very, uh, I feel very fooled, and so I just reload and I don't drink the potion. I tried to, I told him no, and I tried to open the chest, and then mm. I stole all the potions, mm. and then he called the guards on me, and I had to reload my game. Mm. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yep, the man and gets then, you anyway. Finally, there is a there is a statue in the middle of kind of between a lot of these uh, tents. Yeah, and there's another kind of person doing the whole carnival barking thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, come come over and talk to me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I do. And this person says, "Hey, I've got a little scroll here, and if you read it at this statue, statue will come to life." 
And it's got this weird, like, will I possess this person? Do I own this person after I buy the scroll? Because he's offering to sell me the scroll. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that's it's kind of weird and like and not kosher, you know. Yeah. But uh, so I buy the scroll and I set this person free, and it's kind of a cleric. And I, I forget this person's name because I don't deal with NPCs. <laughs> yeah, because she is a recruitable party member. She is a recruitable party member. Yeah. And the first thing she says out of her mouth is, please let me join you. It's very, it's very, it gets right to the point. <laughs> this person's been a statue for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. She wakes up and she's like, oh my God, I need work. I need to, <laughs> I need to get going. I got I to make up for all this time. And I say no. And then she says, I'm incredibly insulted that you said no, and then walks away. And I scroll back up through all this, and I made no experience in this interaction. Dang. So I just loaded and never bought the scroll. Yeah, I knew that was coming, (laughs) and I knew I didn't have room in my party for her. Even though she's really good. She's like a very good cleric. Mm. Um, And I knew I didn't have room, so I didn't even bother doing it. I did Mm. think about, uh, I tried to pickpocket him. And he went hostile, and my party chased him down and killed him, and I had to reload my game. <laughs> okay. There's a so, lot of reloading my game at the uh, Nashville Carnival. Yeah, um, which I think speaks to its uh, its sham nature. So did you not pick her up because you want Vaconia? Yeah, I don't know. The problem is that I have uh, Khalid and Jahira, right? Mm-hmm. And they come as a unit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what warrior I would replace Khalid with, so I don't want to get rid of Jahira yet. Oh, so you're saying necessarily if you picked up a healer, Jahira will be out. Yeah. Or if mm-hmm. I if if I was picking up a cleric, it would replace Jahira, which would kick Khalid out. And I don't have a replacement for him yet because my only he's my only like real warrior mm. fighter, whatever. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. you don't have Kagan anymore. No. He left. He left because my uh I guess the game that I went and did the um Oh, his you weren't able with, to you yeah. weren't able to go get the trigger. Yeah, so he timed out on me. Oh, but you've got Minsk. I do, but he's a ranger. Ranger. He's fighter. a ranger, but he's a ranger that berserks. Mm-hmm. It's kind of warrior y, right? It's just because he's gotten smashed in the head so many times. Yeah, I think uh, I think once I get to Baldur's Gate and I get a couple more um, party members, I'll I'll probably come back and get her. Okay, because I was about to say, from a power gaming perspective, at least cleric is probably cleric and wizards are the most powerful classes in this game, and I think at lower levels, like lower to mid levels, cleric probably edges wizard out just because of the armor class, right? Mm-hmm. They can wear a shield too, carry yeah. a shield. Yeah. It's some real stuff. But yeah, so I did that and um and I think I also fought somebody. Did you fight a mage in the carnival? Yeah, Zordral. Yeah. Yeah, I rolled up in his uh his little house and tent. tent. And he was like, Oh, this this is a witch. She will slay all of the cattle and seduce all of the boys. I don't think this happened. But sure. No, that's a hundred. Keep... I'm not even kidding. That's what that guy told me. <laughs> she was going to seduce all the young men, and she was going to slay slay all of the cattle. Okay, so in the other order. Yeah, yeah. that makes more yeah, sense. The other order, and uh, I was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, and then he attacked me, and so I just killed him. Mm-hmm. Like he he was not prepared for a party of six people to roll up on him, 
And then she was like, yeah, I'm not. She's like, I am a, a, a mage of some sort, but I don't do any of the other stuff. And she gave me a potion. Hmm. Yeah. I uh, killed that guy, but he killed the mage before I got to him. Dang. I didn't even know. Oh, you, you probably goaded him into it. I don't. Oh, maybe I did. Yeah, because like he gave me an ultimatum. Like if you attack me, I'll kill her. And I was like, I don't. I don't fucking know who that person is. Why are you? Why? Are, like I don't know. I, I probably said something along those lines. And then mm-hmm. he, and then he started attacking her. Like it's not like he killed her. And then I like we got out of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like we were out of the dialogue. She was alive, but she got focused down. Dang. Like these kind of things and. um so, you know, I restarted with Balthazar, and I did a lot of the content that I did with a full party, but this time with Balthazar. Yeah. So, if you remember that chicken quest... I do. Um, ...where, the, you know, the wizard tried to cast Reincarnate on that chicken, and, and it just blew up. <laughs> yeah. So, I did that again with just Balthazar. The Apprentice made it. That Whoa. time, that playthrough. It is probably a coin flip every time you do the quest. Every I w- game. Dang, I wonder. We need to look that up. We need to look it up, like, whether it's your reputation or whether it's, like, some external factor that's altering that. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or we could just stonewall Google and never look it up. But I do want to look that up. I want to know. Well, if you look that up, then are we looking up whether this is the no. only Baldur's Gate podcast? No, we have standards here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, yeah, what a sham. What a what a giant zone with a bunch of sham in it. Yeah, there's not a lot of great stuff in there. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I think... Um, I do like that if you talk to a commoner mm-hmm. at some point, maybe, I don't remember who told me this, but I was talking to some guy, and he was like, yeah, there's no one here, because everyone is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone in this whole town has been killed, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's messed up, I want to fix that. And he was like, good luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, uh, yeah, he wasn't super excited, and didn't really believe in me very much, so. Well... Screw that guy. Damn. But yeah, that's the carnival. That is the carnival. <laughs> so we we talked before we recorded, before we played. Mm-hmm. We decided we were going to go do the Null Stronghold. Which is really hard to find. It's marked on your map. It's oh, not. It's, it's not, not marked on your it's map. It's not marked on your map if you don't have fucking Minsk in your party. <laughs> yeah, so I have Minsk in my party, and he wants to go get Dinah here, who is in the Null Stronghold. Uh, if you remember a couple episodes back, you can also have Edwin in your party who wants to kill Dinah here. So mm-hmm. no matter what, you're directed over there by a couple NPCs. And um, both what? of those NPCs are dead in my game. You killed them? Oh, they they both attacked me. <laughs> After you denied them? Yeah. Dang. Well, Minsk is in my party. Okay. But uh, what did you encounter on your way over there? Oh, geez. I encountered a waterfall with a dead cat in it. Ooh. Like a... Like a... <laughs> uh, that's a quest, right? Yeah. Um, you can take it to like a little kid? There's a little boy at the top of the waterfall. He's saying, oh, I lost my cat. Mm-hmm. And I think he gives you 23 gold if you bring, if you bring his cat That kid's rich. That's like, he's one of the richest people in the region. <laughs> in, that, in that zone, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did that. 
and uh, also stumbled on a little uh, X Vart camp. Zvarts. I think that we're taking a real leap with just assuming that X's translate to the Z sound in well, this game. We why? have no, like, there's no way to know. You think it's X Vart? No, but I'm just. I just said that because I was. I was saying it like in my head as I mm-hmm. encountered them, mm-hmm. and I said, "Oh, Zvarts," and then I like took a step back, and I'm saying, "Why do I think that X's turn disease when they don't make sense?" Because they do in the Forgotten Realms. Do they? Yeah. Have you like? That's you, a fantasy so you've trope. Gotten the, the like Forgotten Realms dictionary that has like mm-hmm. the, the pronunciation, like yep. the IPA all, along the side. Yep, it's got those mm. little, it's got those little uh, diacritical marks and everything. Okay, well, I guess you're the authority here. Zvarts yep. it is. Yep. So you found them. Yeah, there's a village of them. What'd you do to all those? Well, they attacked me, so you know I Balthazard them. <laughs> <laughs> so Balthazar, yeah. I mean, I I did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there were like five of them. They came at me, and I was like, "All right, I guess I got to kill them." And then there were like forty of them, and I had to kill the whole village. Yeah, it was, it was like real... if Hobbiton ran at you, and you just mowed through them with your party of six wizard warriors. Mm. I felt real bad. And then a dude named Nexlet showed up. I, I wrote the name down so I would remember. Mm-hmm. Nexlet, and he said, we didn't do shit to you. Oh, au contraire, sir. Well, But that's what he says. He's like, we didn't do anything to you, and you murdered all of us. And then he summoned a bear to kill me, and I killed the bear. Mm. I mean, I didn't feel bad about that. Yeah. But it was a real, uh, it was just some real spec ops the line pointing you in the face, giving you some morality. A little you morality that, tale. Uh, you think that this uh, section would be more powerful if before you went into the village, like you turned to Jahira and said, remember, no Elvish. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what a what a little bummer. And we're only going to be meeting more uh, Zvarts. As, as we go into the as into the Null Stronghold, which I had to just grasp at straws where this fucking thing was. It's to the west. It's to the west, but you you can't go to it directly. You have to like go down. Like you have to mm-hmm. go to a pen, like this peninsula and then like go down across the peninsula. It's not it's not intuitive. Yeah, it's I'd basically the Florida a lot of barren sword coast to find this thing. Yeah, there was nothing in between <laughs> Nashkella. Like you can tell they were like, "Oh crap, the southwest of this map's not going to have a lot on it." Sorry, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um because yeah, there was just nothing. I did meet a guy who claimed he was the fastest dart in the west. Whoa. Like a gunslinger. And the first time I met him, uh I was in the middle of fighting a wolf. And so that was hard, and he did kill Jahira, so that I had to reload. And But the second time, I charmed him and made him kill his own buddy, and then I killed him. Oh, man, I didn't meet this fellow. And he, do- he actually does throw darts very fast. Oh. It's pretty impressive. Did he drop anything interesting? Uh, Yeah, he had a couple magical items. Like, at this point, I, I want to say that everyone in my party has two magical items, at least. Ooh. Yeah, uh, like everyone is dropping these things. Like we got magical shields plus one. We everyone's got some kind of magical weapon. 
uh, a helmet. There's a lot of magical helmets in the game. Uh, some belts, some bracers, some uh, boots, a couple of magical boots. Yeah, there's a real uh, transition somewhere around Nashkel, like maybe just before Nashkel Mines, just after Nashkel Mines, where you start to see magical items become much more common dropped among enemies. Yeah, everyone because before then, before then, it was so rare to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and it feels like I I don't know I don't know it feels like in second edition D and D, magic items were more rare than they are in Baldur's Gate. I think if you follow the dungeon master guides like edicts, mm-hmm. certainly because you've got to roll basically a one hundred on a D one hundred in order to get a like a magical item. So you'll find like three in a very long campaign. Mm, yes, just like God intended, just like, just like his Lord Gygax intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I did that. I I found this uh, a dryad called the Dryad of the Peaks. Did you Ooh, meet her? Yeah, I met her. Yeah, she was real upset about some trees. She was the Lorax. She spoke for the trees. It, it was just one tree. Hmm. Did you help her out? Yeah. Did you kill those two dudes, Caldo and Crumb? I told them, hey, just look at how beautiful that tree is. I was mm-hmm. trying to be like middle of the road here. Yeah. And then they attacked me. One had a bunch of magical items. Yeah, I have not yet identified them. They also had southern accents, which is very strange to me. Ooh, he was, he was like, my, right. na- my name's Caldo, and this is my brother Crumb. Yeah, well, I mean, there's certainly... We've seen this before, right? Mm-hmm. In media at large. The tree-hating but... southerner. Yeah. That's right. It was like that in Dr. Seuss's book, too. <laughs> Are you the Lorax? <laughs> Do you speak for the trees? Yeah. Oh, you sound you sound a little uh, Terrence Malicky here. You, sp- you speech. Uh, <laughs> you now you gotta like whisper it really hoarsely. Are you the Lorax? Do you, Do you speak for the trees? <laughs> or are you there, Lorax? <laughs> I'm here. I feel you in the water, Lorax. Always you struggle inside me. Hating, oh, man. Hating and loving trees. Oh, uh, so tune in next week for uh, for Terrence Malick Hour. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, so I did that. Uh, one of those guys, uh, one of his magical items reduces your baseline Thacko by two. Mm. Which is pretty good. Those are Those are like really highly valuable items in this game. There's an AC... Eight, and there's an AC six, I think, in the game. They're both bracers. Um, they're really good, really good for wizards. Oh, cool! Not helping you out any, but so people, wait, was listeners. it a? It was a pair of bracers that like just increase your dexterity to eighteen. No, it. Uh, what they do is they just take your. I think your baseline AC is just ten. Mm-hmm. Like that's where you start from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a set of bracers that reduces that to eight. Oh, but it doesn't stack with armor. It does stack with armor. It just oh. doesn't stack with other magical items, I think. I see. So it basically can get it. It's just reducing your, your AC by two across the board for lots okay. of different characters. It's pretty cool. It probably will still work for a barbarian. Oh, that's neat. Well, I need to get those identified. Uh, you know you can use magical items without identifying them, right? I can, but you never know if it's going to be the a cursed item that just ruins your character. Dang, and a cursed item for a single character... 
That could be that's, bad. That's a real bummer. Um, and he, he his other magical item is a club plus one. Ooh. Which the only character in the game that cares about clubs is Jahira, and the club is like uh, it doesn't share a type with any other weapon. I don't think. Yeah, and it's also a D6, so it's on the worst side of weapons in general. Hits hard, though, because it hurts. It looks like a little stick. Mm. So I had a dream mm. um, when I was out in the wilderness. Did you have a dream? No. No, 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 not that one. <laughs> a, a different dream. Okay. Did you no? But really, did you not have one? No, I had did not have one this place through. Uh, so I had this dream that Molahay was there, and there was a bone blade, and that I was supposed to take the bone blade and kill him with it. And he was like a zombie. He was like, "Oh, I'm a zombie." And uh, instead of killing him in the dream, I turned away, and the bone blade fell to the floor, and Molahay passed through me and gave me some powers. And then a voice said, you will learn. Hmm. And then I can cure light wounds a second time per day. Oh, okay. I think I did have this dream, but I had it at the end of the last playthrough. Because when I rest, I rest for a month. So I just advanced the clock that far. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So there you go. No, that uh, that was creepy, though. I think you were, like, going through the cave. You were, like, like you were kind of ethereal. And you were mm-hmm. looking through the entire Nashville mine, something mm-hmm. like that. I yeah. think so. So there's so, a bunch of uh, what were you going to say? Oh, so there's we, there's kind of a precedent established, right? That mm-hmm. um, we get this story exposition through dreams, and this kind of separates chapters. It separates milestones generally, and so we'll be on the lookout for that from now on. Yeah, yeah. I think this is like the most story content that we get. Mm-hmm. Um, like as far as just like the meta plot that's going on and, and as we progress through, I say this in every episode, but it is true. Like we're getting these little steps of like, oh, we got to go to the Nashco mines to save the iron supply. And now we got to go stop the, uh, the bandits. Uh, we got to go find Transig and do all of that plot. Like this is like the, the beat my beat plot. There's a meta plot to this whole thing. That mm-hmm. that that is what the dream is giving us, and uh, so yeah, so yeah, we need to flag this. The next day. So we had a recording issue, uh, and uh, so this is the next day. This is the next yeah, day. We're this, talking about this, it the next day. Yeah, this isn't the same day. We considered briefly. Not not telling you, the viewer, about this incident. Yep. But Kunzelman, unlike Barack Hussein Obama, has an explicit policy of transparency Oof. in this podcast. Ooh. Ooh. Dang. We will disclose how many Zvarts we kill and, and what collateral damage takes place in this game. He doesn't tell us that. Viewer. Barack Obama has never told us a single time how many Knowles or Zvarts he has slain in his life. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Think about it. So the Noel Stronghold. After, Boy, howdy. After that rousing political commentary we, we delivered. That's really getting at the base. That's our that's our bread and butter over here. 
Oh, yeah. Strong political commentary. So we went to the Knoll Stronghold all the way to the west. That thing is impossible to find. Took you a long time to find it. Not you. It was easy for you to find. It's on my map. So if you have anyone in your party who needs to go to the the Knoll Stronghold, which is Dinah here. Or wait, no. Minsk. Or Edwin. Or Edwin. Mm-hmm. Edwin wants to find Dinah here to kill her. Minsk wants to find Dinah here to not kill her, to be her buddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was already marked on my map, so I just kind of bing bong binged my way over there. Yeah, I didn't, I had to, well, I mean, mine was, it was also bing bong binging over there, but it it wasn't, it wasn't like a, pl- a pleasant bing bong binging, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you killed a bunch of gnolls. Killed so many gnolls. Beyonce so that's, gnolls. That's just all... All that was there, and um, I remember this this area being a little tougher than it was this time around. Yeah, I think I was getting this confused um, with the stronghold that you have to go back and reclaim in Baldur's Gate 2. Mm. That becomes the warrior or the fighter stronghold. Mm. Spoilers. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's a spoiler for many episodes from now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I was getting it confused with. So I think I was just wrong when okay. I thought it was harder. I don't know. Yeah. I might not have done this very much the first few times I played the game. Sure. I did, yeah. I'll cut this oh, out. Oh, wow. I'll cut all this out. <laughs> I'll cut the I don't whole think, thing out. I don't think you will. I will. I'll cut this out. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I went in and I got Dinah here. And, uh,. So that that leaves me with a problem because that means that if you go get Dinah here, then you got seven party members. You can't have seven party members. You can only have six party members. That's true. So uh, here, here's a little spoiler. You know already, Danny. But mm-hmm. uh, who do you think who do you think I left there? Oh man, I if I were you, if you were I me, would have, I would have left Emmeline in one of those torture pits. You know what I did? <laughs> what you did? I did that. You did that. I left her right in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she said, hey, we're, we're best friends. We're best friends. <laughs> and I said, I am a wizard, <laughs> and I will not be tamed by friend or foe. And so I left her there, and I got another wizard. I and got- then you, tr- you like, I p- also picture you trying to, like, disappear, but given that you're a sorcerer, all you could do is, like, cast magic missile for theatrical effect. Poof, I am gone. <laughs> be charmed, human, for I, yeah. can, for I can charm many a, many a human. Once a day. But if they are, I can do it four times a day, but if they are one class size larger than human or have more than six hit dice, I cannot charm them. Well, Emowyn is definitely not one of those things, so I think you're good. Yep, I was good. So uh, mm-hmm. so I left her there, and I made a little dot on my map. This is where Emowyn is, in case I need to go back and get her. Mm-hmm. For I'm, story reasons or something. Yeah, I don't think you do, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Um... Yeah, I didn't find Dana here. And I know we talked about it at length the last time we tried to record. And you were like, are you sure? Did you look in the bottom of every torture pit? And I'm pretty sure I did. But I just didn't find her. So maybe she doesn't appear until you have one of those quests so that you wouldn't break the quest. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, there's also, in addition to kind of the Null Stronghold that makes up the top, like the northern half of the map, mm-hmm. there's just a bunch of, a bunch of kind of the lower class, the, the proletariat of the Null Stronghold, which is the Zvart, and they just mm-hmm. got a bunch of caves in the southern portion, and they're kind of chilling out down there. I mean, you, you probably wouldn't beat them up. 
Well, I was just walking around, minding my own business, you know, swinging my greatsword side <laughs> to side on a narrow, on, on a narrow, like, you know, canyon ledge. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to get in my way, hey, that's on you. Do you remember when the Age of Conan uh, <laughs> MMO came out? Yes, I do. I played that launch launch weekend, I think. And so there was, so I remember two things about that. Strength didn't do anything. Mm. I could just, the stat didn't do anything. And there was player collision, so you could stand on a narrow ledge with your horse's butt. Or in a doorway. Butt, or in a doorway. Mm-hmm. But, like, you could stand with your horse's butt facing outside of the ledge. And as people walked by, you could kick them off of the ledge mm-hmm. and kill mm-hmm. them. That's all I know about that game. Those two things. I returned that game after five days, but those really? five days before I like got out of the the newbie area that was like really well curated and well designed, they were fun. Um, join us next week for Age of Conan discussion hour. Yeah, we do two biweekly uh, podcasts. <laughs> one is on Baldur's Gate. The other was just about Age of Conan. But only the first the five days weekend. of the launch weekend. Yeah. 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 So fun stuff. Mm-hmm. See you next week. Um, I also found a tome. That gave you charisma. It did. Yeah. It was a little, it was a riff on uh, how to win friends and influence people. And it was just a, a little joke making fun of the idea of that book. So how many, how many of those tomes are in the game? Do you know? I'm not sure, but there is... I know that if you look up any kind of FAQ about this game and character creation, mm-hmm. all the power gaming character creation guides take into account the existence of these tomes and will say, oh, well, don't raise this to X because you're going to get it to Y anyway because of tome. Mm, I got gotcha. you. ABC. Yeah. So I wonder if they're, I'm, I'm going to look them up, not to go mm-hmm. find them, but I'm curious about if there's like two for every stat or just one or, hmm. you know. It'll be interesting. Are you going to go back and get that one? Uh, yeah, I might. I might go back might. and get that one. Mm-hmm. Fun. Fun. Um, all right. So really just kind of wrapping it up here. So I yeah. went back to Nashkel. And uh, so we had some commenters on the YouTube page. I sound like I'm 800 years old. We had a commenter on the YouTube page. Someone wrote a message. Stay a while and listen to my tales of comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so someone, and I, I don't have it in front of me. I didn't have it when we recorded originally, and I didn't Man. get it this time. We're recreating the magic right uh, now. Very consistent. Um, that said that if you talk to Nuber, that, that guy you slayed, uh, and the guy that I hated that I ran away from, if you talk to him all the way through his dialogue, he gives you like a quest's worth of experience. And so I clicked oh, on Nuber like 35 times. And that's true. I got like 600 experience points. Confirmed. What a, that's 600 experience points Balthazar's never going to get. Well, you could... Uh, oh, because he's murdered in both of your games? Ugh. I feel like I recreated it pretty pretty, pretty <laughs> honestly. Like, I didn't want to cheat, you know? Yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, also, whoever... So, thank you to whoever did that to tell us, tell us about Nuber. And thank you to whoever said to use the triangle button. Diamond. Diamond button. I said I said triangle all the time. The diamond button on the interface because it allows you to pick up things on the ground without clicking on the individual item loot. And it changes the whole game. 
I have difficulty um, deciding what is a better development in my life, right? Mm-hmm. The the existence of this diamond button, or like being able to use a sponge to wash dishes instead of my hands and fingernails. Like that's how good this diamond button is. That that's a big improvement. That's a real like if you think about that, and, mm-hmm. and I'm having difficulty deciding between those two things. That really speaks to how influential this diamond button is. The diamond button colon better than fingernail dishwash. Yeah, well, Oof. better than a sponge. Oh, the yeah. diamond button. Okay, that's true. I mean, it's I, I also guess it's true. default better than the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes. diamond button so better than that. choking on cyanide. Also <laughs> true. <laughs> Fact. Um, uh, so we went to Bear Ghost mm-hmm. to kind of try to move the story along. So basically, chapter three is just clearing some stuff up and then clearing out some bandits. Yeah, so the moment you get into Bear Ghost, and I don't know if uh, if this happened before the Enhanced Edition or not, you are confronted by an old friend, foe, ally. It depends on how you chose the uh, dialogues earlier. Mm-hmm. But, you, but you meet, uh, you see old Elminster again. Mm-hmm. And this time he actually introduces himself as Elminster. He says, I am Elminster. He's very yeah. clear about it. Yeah, mages, the, the very fact that mages already are incredibly conspicuous, what with the giant hat and the beard and whatnot, like, on top of that, they cannot hold it in themselves. Like, they, they must say, I'm a mage. I'm a wizard. Yeah. Can't keep it to themselves. I'm Severus Snape. <laughs> that's that's the, the famous line. By Severus Snape in the first mm-hmm. Harry Potter movie. I'm Severus Snape. It's his first and last piece of dialogue, I think. Yeah, uh, really just his entire story is told through descriptive, um, like, exposition. <laughs> Very little dialogue yeah. in the actual novels. It's pretty impressive uh, mm-hmm. what J.K. Rowling was able to do with really fairly little. But um, so we see Elminster. And he's, uh, he's like, hey, I'm Elminster. What's up? Don't don't be murdery. Don't be so bad. Yeah. Is Balthazar in... Is Balthazar 2.0, I guess? Is he bad, too? He's not as bad, mm-hmm. because in the first five minutes of the <laughs> new game, when I stole everything from the top level of the inn in Candlekeep, uh, a officer of the law did not confront me and attack me. Mm-hmm. So I did not kill an officer of the law. And that was like a six or seven point reputation hit. So I don't. I have not incurred that reputation hit. That's it's pretty good because <laughs> you would need to be able to talk to Officer Vi, who mm. is like a flaming fist. We figured out what the flaming fists are. This is another commenter uh, from the YouTube page. Maybe next time we'll print out a um, or a list. just pull it up. We could pull it up, or we could uh, transcribe it by hand. Oh yeah, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I'll transcribe it. Um, yeah. But anyway, so Officer Vi says um, that she's from the Flaming Fist. The Flaming Fist are Baldur's Gate's like police force. Mm-hmm. And she says, hey, if you have some bandit scalps, bring them on to me. I'll give you 50 gold each. Which is straight up Cormac McCarthy stuff here. Yeah, and it's good. And I gave I gave her one. I had one. I think I had seven. That's a lot. Yeah, that's that's a bunch of gold. Mm-hmm. So did that. And then, um, so what happened after Mullahay, after we killed Mullahay, is that you could get a piece of, like a little note. Sure. Out of his stuff that talks about Transig, who is this guy who has basically 
an intermediary between some guy named Tazok that we have not met yet in the story mm-hmm. and Malahe, who we have murdered. Yeah. And uh, so we go in. So you can find that from them. You can find that from uh, the guy that Nimble, the guy that you kill in Nashkel. So I had both of those. And I went and found Transig and I said, hey, I know you're a baddie. You said, you don't know that I'm a baddie. I said, I definitely, definitely, definitely know that you're a baddie. Mm. And he said, nuh-uh, and then I, I killed him. And then mm. lo and behold, he was a baddie. I remember specifically saying, hey, what's going on? And then he said, I like how we probably went through the dialogue tree, but our memories have a very different internal dialogue about how this went down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This feels very real life. But I remember saying, hey, I know you're up to no good. And he said, dude, don't mess with me, bro. I'm a mage. And I like, when I'm seeing it in my mind's eye now, mage is capitalized. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't care, dude. And then did he attacked me and then I hit him. I hit him with my sword. You, you probably hit him really hard. Did he explode into bits? He, everyone does. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask you that. What, like, what are the, what is the percentage of enemies that you kill that explode into bits? It's just very high because all my critical hits basically kill people. Eighty percent? So, ah, fifty. Fifty seems pretty high, but yeah, Ooh, that's half. That's half of people that meet you are reduced <laughs> to bits at the end yeah. of the encounter. That's it's it's pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. So the next, uh, as far as the story is concerned, what we have to do now is go find Tazok. In the Wood of Sharp Teeth or something like that, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Up in Cloakwood. Up beyond Cloakwood. Mm-hmm. And then we got to figure out... So the Neshkel mines were poisoning the iron, but there's still an iron shortage because bandits are stealing it all. Mm-hmm. And so we got to solve that problem. This conspiracy is really coming at it from two angles here. It's a real conspiracy narrative. I'm really impressed with the general story of this game. Yeah, revisiting it... I think it should get more credit than uh, than historically has been given. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. But yeah, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, I think next episode we're gonna we're gonna try to get to Tazot. We're gonna so do if it. You're following along with us, you know, we're gunning for you, buddy. Yeah, get um, to Tazot. Hey, if you, hey, if you uh, you know, I, we we love our community, and if you want to make a little prediction. Is uh is Balthazar Balthazar gonna gonna smite a Tazok in next uh, next episode? Yay or nay? Yeah, you gotta let us know. So uh, go in the comments of this episode and say if you believe that Balthazar is going to smite Tazok, say yay. If you think Balthazar is definitely not going to smite Tazok, say nay. And, and if, we'll tally them up, and we'll we'll figure out who gets the glory and, and who's just wrong. We'll give it to the math nerds down in corporate. They're going to mm-hmm. turn it around. They're going to do their wizard magic on it. They're going to say they're a mage. We know they're not mages, but they're going to say they're a mage. They're going to do their D&D calculations on it. They're going to send it back, and then we'll be able to tell you, the view listener, the list of viewer, what was right, what was correct. So, um... Yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it around. Like I said at the top of the episode, that really helps us out. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. If you have listened to this to an hour of us talking about Baldur's Gate and have not subscribed to it, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I mean, you obviously like it, right? You or... obviously like it. Or you hate it and you want to know more about it. Yeah, in which case, hey. Do it you're anyway. You're only one subscribe button away. You're from... so close. 
just getting a, an IV, albeit a relatively slow twice a month IV, but an IV nonetheless. It's pretty good. This uh, thing. A fix is better than no fix. You, know, right. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, thanks for listening slash watching, and we'll uh, see you in two weeks. I'm Cameron. I'm Danny. And this was Mages and Murder Dads. So saith the wise Alondo.